Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am very excited to have you back with me this week. And this week, we're joined by a special guest, Gigi. Gigi has been a friend of mine since I think 2017. And this is going to be our second chat. But obviously, both of us have grown as practitioners and our knowledge base. So uh, I'm excited to get into this conversation. Before I introduce Gigi, I just want to remind you all that the information in these episodes should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So myself and Gigi have been friends. I would say we're friends since 2017. Yeah. Gigi is a cosmic embodiment practitioner. And if you'd like to check out her stuff, you can on Facebook and Instagram and even SoundCloud. I saw uh, Gigi Amato, cosmic embodiment. And Gigi specializes in energies and somatics and archetypes and a lot more stuff in kind of the field of metaphysics. Even I saw paganism somewhere there. Maybe you can tell me about that at the end. But the reason I wanted to have you on, and you're very welcome, Gigi, is what I've noticed, and I've noticed this for a long time, but it's really gotten prominent now the last few months and how the energies and the full moon affect me and my clients. And I'm always like, it literally has come to a stage where it's one thing I will look at when I'm talking to clients and they're saying they're sleeping bad or cravings are heightened or they're dealing with depressive tendencies, fluid retention and all of that. So of course I was like, okay, enough is enough. I need to get some proper answers. Like I did come across research, but this is not my area. I don't practice this. So you're the first person I thought of. And which is kind of funny because we're going to talk about energy and the lighting here just to my my right arm is clearly the energy. We're on the right path this morning. So welcome. Um, please tell us because I'm, I'm, I still need to learn more about what you do. Tell us what you do, why you love this so much. Okay. So, yeah, so I, so as a cosmic embodiment practitioner, um, I basically work with energetics and self-mastery of your own energetics. Um, that is such a passion for me because, um, you know, as a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently studying to get my PhD in uh, transpersonal counseling um, interfaith studies and, um, and the big thing is as a metaphysician, um, because we, we often look at the physical world and we know scientifically that energy matters, you know, everything around us is energy. Our bodies are energy. Our cells are energy. The table that I'm sitting at is energy. Um, it's either active potential or, or potential or active energy or potential energy. And so this is something that is very accepted in the physical world as gospel truth. 
But when it comes to talking about the energetics around us, how they affect our body and the way that we can then affect the energies around us and how they interact in the relationships and the connections that we can make with other people, with objects, with, with communities and the collective at large, with the planet even, um, is kind of bypassed and it's like looked at as and, and poo-pooed a little bit um as as being you know woo or like out there which to me always is like it's a ruffly feather kind of thing for me because I'm like well if we this to be true and we know that everything is then my husband's in the background <laughs> hey honey um if we know this to be true then why is it when we speak about our interaction with other energies that are around us it becomes like this weird thing to talk about. Uh, it seems logical to me. <laughs> and so um, so I, I became very passionate about learning as a person how these things work, um, really diving into the energetics of our bodies, the energetics of the systems around us, our toroidal fields, um, our magnetic fields, our chakra systems, um, and the energies of the planets, the planetary systems, the zodiac, astrology, numbers, everything. It, I mean, it just went crazy. Um, and through this, um, I just developed a love affair with really getting so um, just kind of entwined <laughs> i guess um in the concept that we are cosmic events we're not nouns we're verbs we're action we're energy and motion and not taking our energetic blueprints into account and not taking those into account with how they interact with everyone else's blueprint as well as the planetary blueprints the energy that's coming and and surrounding us in this world is is doing us a major disservice uh and so i love to work with individuals and couples as well uh, which is a new undertaking that i'm absolutely loving um in learning about their own cosmic blueprint from the aspects of several different uh energetic modalities marrying them all together to help people understand like this is my cosmic blueprint these are the these are the pinpoints that are activated in my energetic blueprint and learning how to really harness those energies because we often say like i'm i'm a capricorn i'm a life path whatever i'm a this i'm a that but we're not nouns we're verbs and that is really interesting you you actually explained that really well like you've probably oh, done you. it a lot like that was re that was explained differently than other people have explained it um and a few mm -hmm. things i picked up on and one thing i really want to highlight to people because i really in my opinion i don't think this clicks with people the whole energy system we are energy 
around mm -hmm. us is and we are made up of energy when you get right into the cell the cell is made up of protons and electrons and yes. neutrons your body is energy it might look like tissue and hair and nails but when you break it down to its elements it is mm -hmm. energy and everything around us is energy and it really I would agree with you in saying I think more people are kind of recognizing energy now and, and aware mm -hmm. of it, but there's still that element of woo around it. Like, oh, it's just mm -hmm. a feeling or it's just an emotion. Oh yeah, it's just an energy, kind of like stress. For so long, we were thinking stress is just a feeling. Oh, it's just an emotion. But no, mm. stress has biochemical reactions. It influences right. your body. It can change your microbiome. It can stop you from losing weight. Like, so people, I'm hoping, I really hope that this talk that we're going to have is going to kind of drive it home even more. Like I know personally, energy is a big thing for me and I'm, I'm nowhere near as in depth as you would be. Like I follow a bit in numerology. I'm have my kind of spiritual practices but I know if I'm around negative people their energy will pull me down negative energy is very draining to me and I have to step back from certain people because I'm like you know I, I like you and all but your your energy is affecting me and then that will ripple into not just my life but my kids and my work and yeah. everything so and the reason I wanted to speak to you specifically is our environment's energy, the earth's energy, mm -hmm. the resonance, how that affects us. Can you speak a bit on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so the planet, each planet has their own resonance, has its own toroidal field. And when I say toroidal field, you know, this is something that I'm really expanding upon um, in my studies with the Taboo Institute and um you know, but this is something that is, it's, it's basically like your energetic field. It comes out from the center, goes around and comes back in. It's this beautiful cyclical, um, the kind of like wings, like, yes, a little bit, like it comes around and it, it comes out from the center in both directions up and down as above, so below. Right. And so we, it comes out and it encompasses, it's almost like your hula hoop of space in energy terms, you know? And so this is that pulse this is that resonance that each individual carries that each planet carries um you know every object my coffee mug here has a toroidal field uh some are bigger than others but when you have an energetic resonance which everything has because as you said when you break it down to those molecules and those those atoms you're getting into protons electrons there's an electromagnetic field that exists there and so you know, our planet has its own toroidal field. Our planet has its own electromagnetic field and energy field. And, you know, how we each as individuals interact with that energy field, um, you know, that blueprint is unique. It's unique to every single one of us. There are categories you know, it's like if we want to look at the zodiac and like, you know, because that's probably the most familiar for people. Um, if we want to look at that and say, well, you know, those of us who have Capricorn coding, you know, interact with the earth in a certain way, we're earth element people. And so, you know, the way we interact with the planet earth um, is different than, say, somebody who has Sagittarian coding. Um, 
you know, and, and of course, beyond our sun signs, we have a whole chart. <laughs> so there are lots of different codes that we carry. Um, it's not just our sun signs. And so when we look at the energies around us, I think I went off on a tangent. Am I answering your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I tend to get like really excited about things and then I like go off on little uh, tours. <laughs> no, it is but, interesting. Yeah, when we, when we interact with uh, the planet, when we interact with objects, um, even to make it smaller, if we look at the effect of uh, our home environment, right? Um, and, to, and I like to break down energy in this way because we've made it very mystical. You know, when we when we talk about energy in terms of moons and planets and, you know, these types of things, it becomes like it. we have separated the scientific definitions of what energy is and and what um, energy is. Right. And really the same exact thing. We've just like separated them for some reason. So if we bring them back together and we and we look at the reality of how energy works. So, um, you know, say you're in a room <laughs> in your home and it's cluttered. You haven't gotten to it. You've been busy. There's clutter around. Um, nine chances out of 10, even if you're a person that can live with clutter just fine and is like, whatever, chaotic, I'm fine. Um, you know, in that room, when you go into that room, when you go into that space, there will be an effect on your person because objects are inherently coming into your energetic field. Um, you know, if you are used to having a very organized space and you're in that space, I bet you're feeling stressed out every time you go in there. It might not be a conscious thought. It might not be something that you're like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. But your body, your nervous system will pick up on the energetic frequency of that room. It will pick up on that. Your visual sight, your sensory system, your, your sense of touch, your sense of sight even maybe smell <laughs> will, uh, you know, will pick up on that resonance that is out of order from the way that you would naturally like it to be. And, you know, your desires are energy in and of themselves, they're potential energy. And so what you desire deep in your heart, what you desire for your life that comes from your energetic blueprint. And so, you know, you're wired to want certain things certain comforts, certain luxuries, certain, um, you know, certain ways of being, you're, you're wired to want those and to desire those things. If you have a desire, it's because you're wired to have it. And so that desire then manifests into reality. This is a term that I am very passionate about. Manifestation is a big deal to me because it's very, very, very misunderstood. Um, we make it way more mystical than it is um before so, we go into manifestation because uh, I, I i love manifestation mm -hmm. but when you said walking into the, a messed room like that immediately yeah. i was like oh my god i can't deal with that i, I just i would be mm -hmm. like right i have to leave 
I just had and then because you yep. explained it so well in the beginning as you were talking I was imagining a cluttered room and just objects here there and everywhere but they all have their yeah. own little wings or resonance but yeah. they're haywire it's haywire yeah. because they're haywire my energy is going to be like getting attacked on every side right. and immediately my brain is like I can't deal with this I have to go whereas in my house everything is like in order everything has a place as a saying right. I heard years ago and it always resonates with me everything has a place I have the windows open everything is like white and bright and I need that smooth flow of energy or I yeah. can't function I I'm just right. like I'll get irritable I get angry I get frustrated so like that's obviously my immediate environment affects yeah. me a lot um, yeah, which then goes to kind of the grander scale of things, the earth's resonance, especially with the whole pandemic stuff that right. I could feel the energies of the mm. collective pulling at me. Oh, yes. And I was like, I don't like this. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. But on to yeah, for sure. I, I love yeah, so just. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I love the topic of manifestation because I, I'm obviously more from the biological science background. And I've always said to my clients, your body hears what your mind says. You can manifest illness. You 100% can. I have my own opinion about COVID symptoms and manifestation and stuff. But I really think if you believe you're not going to lose weight, it will affect your weight. If you believe you're not going to sleep well tonight, it's going to affect that I really believe and, and I'm big yeah. into manifestation in like potential of my business and manifesting money yeah. and good luck and all of that but go ahead you yeah. speak on it oh yeah no just to go base just to go off of what you just said um you know you 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 know listen to the desires that you just spoke into existence you know with the clean white walls and the light coming in and the windows open and all of those things are desires that live in your body for a reason you're coded to have those you're coded to have those and so your energetic blueprint is telling you this is what i need to thrive this is what i want in my space this is what makes me joyful this is what brings me pleasure and so you know in that space you thrive if you are not in that space you do not thrive because that's not home base for your energetic blueprint. And so when we just looking at manifestation um, in terms of, you know, in terms of energy, well, like this, I have a point, I promise. I feel like, um, I feel like I, uh, I'm L, L Woods in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, oh gosh, Legally Blonde. Um, I have a point, I promise. Um, so, when you're in a space and you're interacting with things in a space that you enjoy, that bring you pleasure, that light you up, that, you know, like, for instance, my coffee mug, I'm going to use this because I love this coffee mug. It's, it's a Yeti. I'm not doing a placement or it's a product placement, but like, we're obsessed with them in our house. And we started getting them a few years ago. They're a little more pricey, but they're worth it. Like I could have this thing eight o'clock tonight. My coffee will still be warm. I love it. Um, but 
I used to just like have an old coffee mug, you know, it had a chip in the corner and like, it was one of my favorite mugs, but my, my coffee would inevitably get cold, you know, and how it is mom life. So, you know, I'm heating it up like three or four times a day for getting it in the microwave, you know? And so, um, you know, as we're, as I'm sitting here drinking my coffee, I love coffee. I'm a coffee drinker. I will never give up coffee. No one can convince me otherwise. Um, you know, but as I'm drinking it, am I going to enjoy my coffee more if I'm drinking it out of an old chipped mug that maybe once at one time in my life was a favorite mug, but now it's chipped and old and my coffee's getting cold because I'm not getting to it. Or am I going to enjoy it more in this really nice shiny thing that keeps it really warm and really hot all day that I got from one of my favorite places in the whole entire world. I'm going to enjoy and take more pleasure in that coffee from this mug. And so my point in saying this is, does energetics matter? What are the energetics of the old chipped coffee mug versus the energetics of this coffee mug? It's the interaction. It's my desires and my interaction of my desires from my own blueprint and that energy of what I want connected with the energy that this mug carries, not only in and of its own right, because of how it's designed, but because of how I react to it. If we are surrounding ourselves with things that we desire, if we're surrounding ourselves with things that light us up, if we're surrounding ourselves with an environment and things in our environment that bring us joy and pleasure, we're automatically going to be energetically lifted by those things. That interaction of energy is key. And, you know, it's, it's like, can we get by? Can we get by with an old cracked coffee mug? Of course. Of course we can. And is it still enjoyable to have coffee out of that mug? Absolutely. Is it more enjoyable to have it out of a mug that I truly enjoy? Yes, it is. And so, you know, this is kind of the basis of energetic interaction is our, that connection of our innate desires according to our energetic blueprint versus what we are surrounding ourselves with, the things that we are surrounding ourselves with. Someone might actually really love that vintage coffee mug with the chip in it and think it's really cute and really awesome and it might light them up. That's for their energetic blueprint. And so it's not uh, when we get into like manifestation then, you talked of like, you know, biogenetics, biology and how that works. One of the coolest things to me about manifestation is that it's very biological. You know, you had stated, you know, in, in your business with money and all of that stuff, not necessarily, but like with, you know, thoughts about like, you know, your thoughts become reality. And we hear this all the time. Now, of course, I always make the disclaimer, sometimes crappy things happen. There's no reason for some crappy things. You know, I mean, we, you know, and it's, I always make the disclaimer to anybody I talk to, like, if you've experienced a trauma in your life, you did not manifest that. <laughs> it, you know, like, we, we're not gonna, like, say that, you know, we manifest every horrible thing that happens. However, when you, and, and this is how I explain how manifestation really works, because we hear a lot about manifestation and like your thoughts create your reality, but we don't follow that through all the way. And then what we have is a lot of, you know, writing these mantras or saying these mantras over and over and over to like click it into your brain and like put that energetic blueprint out there. But really, when we break it down to biology, what's really happening is that you have a thought 
that thought repeated over and over, whether out loud or in your head or written or whatever, becomes a pattern. That pattern neurologically becomes an internal belief system. That internal belief system then goes on to create patterns of thought about things that come into your space. So if you believe, if you have a thought in your head that like you're not good at doing X, Y, Z, and you think that enough or someone else tells you that enough or whatever, and you start, that starts becoming an inner story. And that inner story then becomes a pattern of thought. So every time you go to do that thing, you're going to be thinking, oh, I'm not really good at this. You know, I hear this a lot from like people who are creative, like, oh, I'm not a good artist. I can't draw or I'm not a good writer or whatever. Um, so they're making so themselves then, bad by their thoughts. It's not necessary that they're bad. They're convincing themselves bad or they're making themselves bad. In a sense, but it's like also your nervous system biologically will react and respond then to your sensory things. And so when things come into your space, you're energetically feeling that that interaction, right? Yeah. And then on top of that, like, so, so something's coming into your space energetically, like a, maybe an opportunity to write a story or something like that. I'm just going off the cuff here. And so immediately this story that you're playing in your head, maybe, maybe your fourth grade teacher told you you weren't a good writer or something and it got stuck in your head. And so you're like, Oh, like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I can do this. I'm not a great writer. And so you're thinking that in your head, then that thought, if you think that enough, if you, if you're in that pattern of thinking that your nervous system in your body will start to biogenetically react to that thought and automatically will cause a stress response in your body that will cause you to go into like fight or flight parasympathetic mode because you are you you've now created a belief system in your body and in your mind that you are not a good writer and so what ends up happening from there then is you know we then take that belief system and we create behavior so if i think that i'm not a good writer Am I going to do my best work on this piece of writing? No. Am I going to procrastinate? Probably. Am I going to rush through it to get it over with? Maybe. You know, the way that we behave then becomes a reflection of the belief. And hence, we probably won't do great on the paper because we got in our own way mentally. We got in our own way physiologically with the stress response because we started to get anxious about it. And then our behaviors follow. And the way we behave does in fact create our reality because we either take action or we don't take action or we take crappy action or we take really passionate, excited action. And so your thoughts become beliefs and energetic markers in your system that produce behaviors in alignment with those beliefs. And so those behaviors then become the actions that we do or do not take and our reality responds. And so if we're not, this is, this is manifestation at its core, is this is not some voodoo magic, you know? Like this is not some, you know, I, I guess I shouldn't say voodoo magic, but this is not some like crazy, you know, thing that's like woo woo out there. Like, you know, um, this is 
ultimately what I'm trying to say is this is not at the core of it something that is intangible. This is very neurobiologically wired into our systems. This is not a situation of these mystical energies that don't, that like, you know, are these woo-woo concepts. This is real. This is how our brains and our bodies work together here on this planet to create and destroy things in our circle, in our sphere, in our reality. And so if you have an inner belief that is keeping you from taking certain actions that would push you closer to your goals or your desires, then of course you're not going to take action towards those goals or desires. If your inner belief is, I can't have that, then you're not going to take action towards those goals or desires because you're automatically going to think it's not possible. And that's what's going to manifest. Not because you're thinking it's not possible, but because you're not taking action on those desires that would produce the results you want because you think it's not possible. And so, you know, of course there's, you know, exceptions to this rule where people are really trying really hard uh, you know, and not getting the results that they want. But typically in those situations, there's also some other underlying factor. And one of those quite often is, are these really your desires or are they the, the desires of someone else? Are these really your desires or are they the desires you think you should have? You know, and so like, are you going back to the manifestation too? If something's not manifesting in your life and there's no belief that's stopping it, then you have to kind of start to question backwards and say, is this really what I want? Do I really care about this? Am I really passionate about this? Is this actually a desire I have or do I think I have to have it or I should have it or somebody else told me I should have it? Because if it's not an aligned energetic desire within your blueprint, then of course it's not going to, no matter how many times you take the action to get to that space, it's not going to manifest for you because it's not, there's not, there's a disalignment there. That interaction, that interconnectability with the energy is not there. So I, I just want to summarize so far what I have gleaned from everything you've said, starting with my inner blueprint. In order for me to thrive, my inner blueprint knows I need to be surrounded by a smooth flow of energy in my house, bright, light, airy, clean, but I need that for me to thrive. So then my environment supports me thriving, which then helps with my manifestation aspect because I can function in this environment then I am saying, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, whatever it is. I'm constantly repeating it. And I believe there should be an element of belief there. Like, this is what I want. I'm, I'm, I really want this. I believe I can do this. And I repeat that enough. And then I have this central nervous system response, the biological responses. And that then will affect my wings and my energy system and help attract whatever it is I desire to me, whether or not it's passing a course or a new client, or I, I don't know if it would be relevant to winning the lottery because I haven't won <laughs> yet. And I really do want that. 
but but when it comes to like the negative aspect of things and I see in my clients and I will use them as examples because I know they're going to be listening a, a client who thinks I'm so fat I'm so fat I'm so fat I'm so fat and I'm like no you need to stop that I can tell her to stop that talk and she's being ridiculous and look at the bright lines and all that as much as possible but if she doesn't believe it it's she's going right. to be stuck in this body that she's not happy with regardless of what she does because she believes it's so much this is her body but as well when you look at people and, and again I have to use my clients because they're the ones that gonna watch this right is um if, if someone takes on a health lifestyle or they want to lose weight and get healthy one are you doing it because you really want to or because you think that you should because society says you're overweight and you're going to be healthy and you think you mm -hmm. need to get a hold on things or do you mm -hmm. really want to and then you look at your days and if you're constantly thinking oh today's going to be a difficult day a difficult day like health food is difficult making healthy choices is difficult if you keep saying that to yourself there's a higher likelihood you're going to be miserable and you're not going to follow through but if you constantly say I can do this I I enjoy these types of food today's going to be a good day and you say that enough before you know it you have manifested your success well obviously worked for some of it but the energy has played a part and um I really think this is relevant because people struggle yeah. so much nowadays and this is yeah. that area in the background that we're not considering because we're thinking nutrition exercise the good sleep this well hold on what about how you think of yourself and your daily chores right. even right and even to go off of that and to rip off of what you just said you know I think it's really important to that you know when we're when we're looking at um you know the polarity of existence um, you know, because this is another big passion of mine, you know, for so long, and I know you've seen this happen too over the course of, you know, um, way back, way back when, when we were just little fledgling coaches, you know, and the, there was this big boom of uh, positive psychology. And, you know, we got into this habit of like really toxic positivity where it was like, you have to be positive all the time. And if you're not positive all the time, then you're doing it wrong, basically. And, and so the law of polarity states that, you know, we are one pole and we can bring this back to the planet too. The planet is, has two poles, right? The North Pole and the South Pole. And, but it's all one planet, right? Like we don't have, um, and I like to talk to my clients in terms of feelings with this. Um, so like you're, you know, having a really, and I, I tend not to, I tend to try not to use the terms positive and negative energy or emotions because really they're all, they're all just messengers. Um, but you know, for the sake of like, just understanding, because that's how most people relate to those terms. Like if you have like a, a negative pole and a positive pole, it's still part of the same pole right? It's not two separate things. It's just opposite extremes. And so when we look at, um, you know, happiness versus frustration, let's say. So we have these two opposite ends of this pole. Like on one side, we're really frustrated because we can't seem to, you know, do the things that we want to do or accomplish the things we want to accomplish. 
and we're getting really frustrated with ourselves, we're getting really frustrated with the process, right? And then we think that we need to move this all the way over to happiness to and, and comfort and joy and like passion about feeling better, passion about, you know, doing the thing, right? But the reality is these two poles, they exist on the same wavelength. And so like we look at the planet, you know, it's not like, oh, they're the North Pole and the South Pole and they're two totally different things. They're all part of the same structure. And so when we look at our emotions or we look at how we're feeling toward food, for example, like you said, um, healthy living, you know, it's, we can tell ourselves over and over and over, I love healthy eating. I love carrots. I love, you know, I love to eat healthy. I love to move my body. But if those are not true, if those are not our belief systems, it, it does our energetics a disservice to overwrite that by just mantraizing um, mm. or, uh, or affirming, I love healthy living. I love healthy, no matter how many times we tell ourselves over and over and over and over and over, it's like you said, if that's not our true belief, no matter how many times we say it and we can try to convince ourselves, only our conscious mind is going to observe that. Our subconscious, that part of us that's still holding that belief, like this carrot's disgusting, <laughs> you know, if that's like a if that's like a food that you don't like, you know, no matter how many times you tell yourself that it's delicious, it's not gonna be delicious. And and you're still going to underneath all of that have that belief. So what we get to do in those types of situations is we get to bridge that belief into something doable for you. And so like, okay, you may never like carrots, but what vegetable do you like? What can you find that you do actually like the taste of? Eat more of those things. And then you can start to tell yourself like, okay, I love this vegetable. This vegetable is good for me. This vegetable is doing this for my body. You know, I, even though I don't like carrots, I do like this vegetable and I can follow this vegetable to the end of the earth. And this vegetable brings me joy and this vegetable brings my body joy. And so it's really about finding those things that you really can bridge over to with your whole self, including your subconscious belief system that will then allow almost like a trickle down of, of more positive affirming energy toward that healthy lifestyle. It's like, uh, you know, what we've called in the taboo is proof of magic. You know, it's like, it's those it's those backdoor hacks to your energy where it's like, you may not love exercising, but what do you love? Maybe you love dancing to your favorite song, put it on, find 10 minutes a day to dance to your favorite song. Like we'll take it in the kitchen. You know, that is exercise. It's not organized exercise. Like we tend to think of exercise, but it's body movement and it's getting you in a place where you can enjoy that movement and then that's, that tells your body, this is fun. I like this. And you can start to develop those positive feelings toward movement that will be that proof of magic for your body that healthy living is fun. Healthy living is good. I like healthy living. Not because you're like so determined to convince yourself to do it this particular way, but because you're doing it your way and it's bringing you there and joy. It's kind of like... Um compromise you may not like carrots but you love brussels sprouts so there is a compromise there in the 
in the realm of yeah. healthy eating. I speak of it yeah. with my clients, but you you cannot trick your inner self. Your inner self yes. knows what's true. And if you don't yep. really believe that you're going to be successful or whatever it is, or you're going to enjoy this, but you're, you're telling yourself, I love, I love this car. I love, you can't trick your inner self, your inner self. <laughs> right. No, 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 I'm not stupid. You don't. And that's <laughs> right. And I think would create conflict. And once you have mm-hmm. conflict in anything, in a relationship, yep. in, in building a business, once there's conflict, the, the, the likelihood of success is very much reduced in my oh yeah like oh yeah not that everything needs to be smooth sailing but once there's conflict you're just adding more challenges to whatever's happening so we spoke a lot about energies and I kind of want to get into um specifically women but how do the energies affect women in like a monthly cycle because I Mm. see them affect yeah. the moon always always around the full moon we we as a, a collective of my clients were always like struggling with sleep mood issues just feeling down maybe holding on to fluid like how does the moon cycle monthly energies affect us as women oh so interesting so again with the polarity here like so both men and women um uh, also those who are who identify as non-binary um you know regardless of who you are as a person you know you you carry both energies both uh you know lunar energy and solar energy uh lunar being connected to what we traditionally think of as feminine energy solar being connected to what we traditionally think of as masculine energy and so we all carry both poles in our body um if you identify as a woman um, especially if biologically you are wired as a woman, um, uh, you know, in terms of as a sex, then you are, you know, naturally linked to that lunar cycle. Um, you know, that, that lunar cycle, when we look, everything is cycles. Um, and so when we look at that lunar cycle, we're looking at a 28 to 29 day cycle, the same as a healthy menstrual cycle. Um, and so when we look at this, uh, you know, I personally will refer to it as my moon, um, you know, when I'm talking about my menstrual cycle. And so that is like, number one, the most observable way that that affect comes, comes through for women who are experiencing menstruation, um, you know, uh, and also, you know, those who do not identify as women who also experience menstruation, you know, so this cycle, um, you know, is very aligned with the moon cycle. And what we, what we see happening is oftentimes, like, I personally, my cycle syncs up with the full moon um, for about six months, usually on the full moon, exactly, I will, I will have my cycle. And then, uh, you know, for about the latter part of the year, it switches to, uh, to the new moon, um, because it's a gradual, you know, not every month on our calendar is 28 days. And so, you know, we have a little shift messes with our natural cycles. But um, this energy really does truly interact with our energy. 
Um, I made a post on my Instagram a couple weeks ago that said the moon does not affect your behavior. And it doesn't. The moon itself, like, you know, the gravitational pull, we try to like, you know, we, we try to like do this scientific thing. The, you know, the moon itself does not affect our behavior. What does affect our behavior is that toroidal field, right? And so with the moon being at certain positions in time, accord with, you know, within our planet, our planet and the moon as, you know, they're interacting, right? And there's positions, there's phases, the energy from the sun at certain times is reflecting off of the moon. So we're getting more or less of the sun's energy interacting with that. So you'll see that the more of the moon you can see, like if it's more lit up, if it's closer to being full, the action you're taking, because it's getting more solar energy from the sun. The solar is that uh, traditionally masculine energy that calls for action. Right. And so up until the moon is full, you see this action, 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 because you're seeing that more of that solar energy reflected off of the moon. Whereas when we see less of the moon, when we're getting closer to the new moon, it's more that releasing that um, subdued energy, that quiet energy that's more receptive uh, because you're having more lunar energy. And so. So that's uh, like the full moon. You're having more of that relaxing energy kind of letting go. The, the full moon would be like peak uh, agitation. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it has so, more of yeah. that male energy being drawn from the soul. Okay, that makes sense because I would be way more agitated and angry around. Yeah. yeah. And so like when we think of traditionally and we hear it talked about as divine feminine, divine masculine. Um, you know, it's, it really has nothing to do with gender. It has to do with the particular energies that are at play. Divine masculine energy is typically associated with action and, um, ambition and, you know, go, 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 go kind of energy. Whereas lunar or feminine divine energy is more soft, more relaxed, more, um, creative and flowy. Uh, doesn't mean that it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that it's, uh, you know, a, a totally submissive energy. What it means is it's more internal. It's more like the the wild, like stirrings of sensuality and, and introspection versus like the outright, like in your face energy, right? Of the masculine. And so, um, so what's happening here is the moon in and of itself carries a very feminine blueprint. It carries a very, it's lunar <laughs> energy. And so the, the moon carries, I'm like I'm holding it, right? <laughs> the moon. Um, it carries a very feminine profile, energy profile. And so when the sun and its light is reflecting off of the moon and we're seeing more of that, um, that fullness, of the moon and we're getting more of that solar energy from the sun reflecting off of the moon. That solar masculine energy is overtaking that feminine energy, right? And so of course, women are going to feel more agitated and more, and for maybe a better word is activated during the full moon because you have influx of solar masculine energy that is saying, go, 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 go. It's like, and, and some people really thrive in that energy. I thrive in that energy. Some people do not. 
And so it really also, I'm a, I have a Capricorn coding and I also have a life path one coding. Those are very masculine energies. And so when I'm in like that active go masculine energy um, and the full moon energy, I'm like, yes, let's, let's get it done, you know, but if you're coding and see this, this also comes down to really unique profiles because, you know, I identify as a woman, but I thrive during the full moon because of my coding. Overall, it really has a lot to do, more to do with your individual coding. However, women as a collective, um, you know, will feel more activated and more energized going into the full moon and at that peak of the full moon are going to either have that really strong like energy like getting stuff done or they're going to feel overwhelmed stressed and agitated because they're wanting to just like chill and they can't because the energy is very up and but so I, I want to stop you there because that yeah. makes sense to me and I have to say it before I forget you just yeah. hit the nail on the head of what I was wondering as you were speaking I'm Capricorn too but I knew you were Capricorn because every year we have the Facebook yep. notification <laughs> I knew you were Capricorn and so for so long for so many months I was like driven around the full moon I do have a strong masculine side and I would like conquer everything and anything around the full moon but for the yeah. last few months it's been the opposite and I'm almost mm. emotional. I'm not sleeping. I mm. just, I'm trying to survive the day. And I yeah. was, as you were speaking, I was like, what changed? Why, why am I now like struggling around the full moon when I used to be basically a master at my craft around the full moon? I would make a million right. sales. I would put out the best content right. the last few months I'm struggling. So as you're speaking and you said, for those of us that want to chill and relax, we can't because we have this conflicting energy and that then hit the nail on the head for me. And because for the last few months, let's say four to six months, I've been very drained. I'm not feeling fulfilled in certain aspects of my life. I'm not saying my business of my life and I feel very drained and I, I constantly like, I just want to break. I just need a break. I just need a break. Yep. But then I've now shifted into this phase of, of I'm constantly feeling drained and I just want to chill out. So now when yeah. this energy comes in, how I am right now in my time or my life is conflicted against that energy. Whereas when I wasn't drained and dealing with other stuff, I was at my peak during the moon. So um, <laughs> that but really... <laughs> little one had to make an appearance <laughs> that's okay so that really resonates with me and I think that'll be helpful for other women like hold on sometimes I'm great sometimes I'm not so that comes back right. to then yeah there's the the collective energy there's the moon energy yeah. but then there's also your internal energy in your time of your life is right. it is it clashing right. with all the other energies and that makes sense to me now and that's kind of what I was right. hoping for some answers yeah yeah and so too like with the you know biologically you know as we age as we go through life 
our hormones and all of the things in our bodies are constantly changing. And so where we might start out life as, you know, very masculine in our energy, we may shift over time as we age into a more feminine space. Um, and again, I just, I always stress like this has nothing to do with gender because like, I wish I could come up with better terms for these. Um, but really, truly we, we shift over time. And, you know, we, again, everything's cyclical. So, you know, it's, it's very likely um, that as we age, we will see shifts in how we, um, you know, how we interact at certain specific spaces in cycles. Um, another thing to consider is, you know, remember, we're talking about all these energies interacting, everything has a toroidal field. So we've also got these retrogrades happening. Which is the next question I um, yeah. wanted to talk about because I I've heard you talking about Mercury retrograde. I've heard numerologists and astrologers, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I'll nod and be like, oh look, it's Mercury, and no, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know what this is. So please tell yeah. me, explain to me in like the laymanest terms you can. What the hell is Mercury right. retrograde? Okay, so so basically, uh, at certain points in the year, when we observe the planet, uh, you know, some of them we can see with the naked eye, some of them we need a telescope, um, you know, but when we observe the planets in our solar system, we can see them, you know, cycling through the sky, we, you know, we see them. And uh, at certain points in the year, the way that they are positioned in their orbit and the way that we are positioned as a planet, they appear to be moving backwards. This is what we call a retrograde. The planet does not actually move backwards. It's continuing in its normal, you know, our planets don't just like shift their orbit in reverse. They don't just say like, uh, back it up. Like they, they continue on their regular orbit, but to our eye, the way that we are rotating on the planet, the way that we're, you know, the way that we're revolving on the planet Earth in respect to how we see their orbits happening, it looks to be going backwards. And this is what we call a retrograde. So just to, you know, to clarify, the planets aren't actually moving backwards. Um, basically, this does affect because of course, again, this is all about how we interact and perceive energy. And so this does affect the interaction of our energy with that particular planet, as well as the energies of all the other planets happen. So when we're looking at a retrograde, when you say, uh, I like, have to stop you. When you say, because sure. I'm very visual, when you say, so we're constantly flowing or moving forward, all the planets. But once we hit a retrograde, it looks like we're moving backwards, like we've hit reverse. So that would be yep. both the planet and the energies are moving. In. Mm -hmm. But who, <laughs> this is going to sound really stupid, but who is seeing this? Is this an observatory? Where are we seeing this? Like, is this just the so mathematical? What's happening it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's a little bit of, um, you know, they, <laughs> you know, the people who observe the planets, um, you know, obs observatories, astronomers, um, you know, people who are looking at the skies and who have mapped them and who observe the stars. 
take the measurements, take the mathematical measurements and things, physicists, astrophysicists, um, you know, have observed this phenomenon of when this particular orbit happens, like when we reach these particular places in our orbits in relation to the other planets, the, uh, they do this weird thing where they look to be moving in reverse. We've no, we know from mathematical calculation that that's not true. Uh, you know, of course, it doesn't actually reverse itself, but it appears to do so. And so when they're looking at this through telescopes, through observatories, like they're seeing it almost like, almost like slingshot backwards, but okay. it's because of the way that the orbits are overlapping. It's okay. an optical illusion. Um, and so ultimately, because a lot of our thought process is energy as well, and the way that our brain works is energy as well, and our sensory systems and how we process is energy, this kind of, this, this energetic um, wobble, so to speak, uh, affects how we interact with the energy of these planets during this time. Um, you know, each of the planets has their own energetic blueprint, of course. And, um, you know, Mercury in general, that's the one that most people are familiar with, is Mercury retrograde, um, the dreaded Mercury retrograde. And, um, you know, what ends up happening um, with Mercury retrograde is Mercury is the planet that's connected to travel, it's connected to communication, um, and it's connected to technology. And so, you know, these particular things, um, you know, when Mercury is in retrograde and we're feeling the effects of that weird wobbly sort of relationship, we do tend to um, feel an energetic wobble ourselves um, in terms of communication, in terms of technology. Um, a lot of this manifests because we're rushing through things um, and making mistakes maybe, um, maybe not thinking out our words as well as we should be. Um, there's an agitated energy that makes us want to rush. And what we often, what I often tell people is during Mercury retrograde, it's a good time to really check in with yourself and make sure you're taking your time. Make sure you're like really like reassessing things, looking at things twice, double check, triple check details. Um, really calling attention to how you're communicating and um, really paying attention to doing things methodically and in a well-intentioned way. Um, because as people, especially now in 2022, we, we rush, you know, we're, we're a rushing society. And so during this particular time in this retrograde of mercury it's like it's like a slingshot effect of like oof we need to slow down with our communication we need to slow down with um the way we interact with technology we need to slow down with these things and just take our time for a moment and so many people blame mercury <laughs> blame poor mercury for technological breakdown and communication breakdown and, and all kinds of travel plans and details getting messed up and all of these things during Mercury retrograde. And really 
it's not poor Mercury's fault. It's just the energy that's being put out and the interaction of the energy between the two bodies that's causing us to speed up and the rest of the planet to slow down. And it's this tension that causes us to kind of trip over ourselves in a way that causes mistakes um, and slip ups that is easily resolved with just taking our time, slowing down and breathing through the trips. Um, you know, and so-, so what I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off. I, I like to cut people off because I'll lose my train of thought. So oh, what I'm getting Go ahead. is the Mercury retrograde is where Mercury's energies then go in reverse and it flips everything on its head basically for us. Uh, everything goes topsy-turvy. And in order for us to kind of survive this time frame, we are best to have specific plans and structure and routines in place so we basically don't have to think during this topsy-turvy time we're just following our steps to get through the time and that's kind of how I would in my own words say is a way to offset the craziness of a mercury retrograde like have your morning and evening routines have a plan for your day have structure don't try to do anything new or crazy during this time just be be very at pace and structured there's some truth to that and also this is really a time to not be too set in your plans because um saturn is really the plant the planet that's like rule like structure 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 and so like mercury is more about um like with mercury it's more about like communicating and so really during mercury retrograde like it's definitely not necessarily like we said it's not a time to be taking on like a ton of new projects unless your internal coding unless your energetic blueprint has a lot of mercury placements and so if you have a lot of mercury placements mercury retrograde can actually really benefit you um, and you could really thrive and so what i like to say like during these times is like rather than us trying to survive mercury retrograde it's like let's step into that energy of like how do we thrive in this energy this energy is backwards it's not necessarily upside down topsy-turvy it's more like it's going to challenge you to slow down um anytime we have a retrograde it's going to challenge us as humans to put the brake on and really go a lot slower than we're used to doing in those particular areas. So again, really double checking, triple checking, quadruple checking uh, travel plans, backing up your files on your computer, you know, making sure that you are um, really thinking through what you want to say before you say it, um, you know, and just and really just kind of leaning into that space of like not necessarily structure super structuring yourself but being more willing to like go with the flow of what comes up and allowing things to go a little slower than you're used to um just so that you don't run into this situation of like oh gosh like everything i had all, i had my plan day planned perfectly and everything just kind of blew up because this is how i'm used to doing my day and now I'm being called on to do it more slowly. And so I just went about it as normal and I hit all of these like ba-bump, ba-bump, ba-bump along the way because 
it's like the energy is saying, wait, 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 slow down a little bit. Like we're not doing things like we normally do that. We're doing them a lot slower. Um, and so really retrogrades are just asking us to be more, not necessarily methodical, but more observant in specific areas of our lives connected to that planet so that we can really thrive in that energy during that time by knowing what the energy markers are of that particular planet, knowing what is being asked of us to do during a retrograde, which is basically just slow down, reflect, renew, rest. I always say that the RE words, um, you know, like all of those good juicy words that tell us to like reinvent, reassess, rediscover, you know, realign. All of those words that it's it, retrograde, RE, you know, you just want to be looking at those those moments where you can really slow down your energy in the energetic spaces that are aligned with the planet that's actually in retrograde. Um, so like right now, and this would explain, this also uh, explains a little bit of why you've probably been feeling the funk the past couple months. Um, so right now, Mars is in retrograde. And Mars is connected to conflict um, Mars is a planet that is, um, it's definitely a masculine energy. Um, it is connected to the sign Aries. So it's a real fiery energy. It has to do with, um, willpower, aggression. Um, this also has a lot to do with relationships, especially intimate relationships. Uh, and it has to do with our attachment and our relationships with money as well and 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 just conflict in general and so this planet mars uh really brings the heat so to speak when it comes to those big aspects of our lives and currently mars is in retrograde and um and it's it's got this patterning of like hey like time to look at your intimate relationships, time to look at your sex life, time to look at your finances, time to look at your romantic relationships, time to look at your conflict and conflict resolutions and conflicts that continuously come up for you in terms of relationships and money. Um, you know, and so what's, what's going on in those aspects? And so because Mars is retrograde right now, we've been as a collective, and especially because we just came through Scorpio season two, and so we had to take that energy into account. And the fact that Scorpio season really has this underworld sort of like tone, this subconscious um, tone to it, where it's, it's really about being in the depths. It's about emotions. It's about mystery and like what's underneath everything. So coming through Scorpio season with Mars retrograde attached to it, we're really looking at a lot of like, liminal space and what I mean by that is just kind of like feeling like you're in the void like there's a, like kind of a lack of clarity there's all of this like under stuff coming up maybe you know people have 
said to me, like, I feel super emotional. I don't know why I'm not normally like this. Um, you know, I've not been able to like make any headway on any of my projects. Like I just feel stifled. I feel stuck. I feel uninspired. I feel like there's no clarity. Everything seems like mucky. And so this is a very collective experience right now because of the combining energies of coming out of Scorpio season and having that Mars retrograde on top of it, um, you know, and then add in the portion of the moon cycles that we're in, you know, and, you know, as we move through that moon cycle, you're going to feel that energy of the moon's energy as well. And so it's kind of like, pop, 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 and kind of piles on top of each other. And so, um, you know, and again, it all comes back to your own individual blueprint because the energies that you carry are going to, if you carry a lot of Mars imprints in your energy, then you might be able to weather this a lot easier, um, you know, with a lot more ease, with a lot more simplicity versus someone who doesn't necessarily have a lot of Mars elements in their chart. I do not. <laughs> um, and I have one. Um, and so like Mars placements in your chart uh, depending on where that sits, will really either either support you in thriving during this time or make it a little more challenging. And so, you know, it's really about taking into consideration your own individual blueprint and what's going on everywhere else. Because as we said at the very beginning, everything has energy and all of those energies work together. It's like we can't, um, I mean, we can to get insights, look at just the moon or look at just this or look at just that. Um, but when things are going wonkadoo in our life, uh, you know, looking at the different energies that are at play is really super beneficial. Looking at the sky, looking at what's going on. Are there retrogrades? What phase is going in? Um, you know, what are the energies at play? on the playing field right now and then what are my energies and how does this either support or challenge me during this time and so you know a lot of what i do is help people to understand their energetic blueprint so that they know they have that they're like okay self-mastery like i know my energetic blueprint and so now i know the energies that i carry i know the energies that support me and the energies that make it challenging for me. Um, I know where my energetic blueprint shines and where I have growth points. And so knowing my own energetic blueprint allows me to then interact with the other energies that are around me in a more easeful way. So if um, with the Mars energy right now, if somebody is in conflict like you said with relationships or finance and they feel like they're not making headway on projects or aspirations they have for themselves what advice would you give someone to kind of get through this time as best or easy as best easy way as possible like just i don't want to yeah. say survive but we'd like to get through the time in the most disruptive way possible Right, right. And so advice that I would give in that, um, you know, suggestions that I would give um, in that space would be take your time, 
uh, retrograde is all about the slowdown. And so it's really like, even if we want to be, cause I, like I said, I carry a lot of masculine action activated energy. And so like, I want to be going, going, going. Um, that's, that's in my nature, but that solar energy that I carry is not, no matter how much we try, is not going to help us bust through other energies. Like we can't really force our way, if you know what I mean. And so it's like, during that time, even if you really want to be moving forward, but you're running up against resistance, and that's the key, because if you want to be moving forward and you are, then go with it. Like retrograde, um, you know, some people, like I said, really thrive in metro retrograde depending on their own placements. And so if, if your inner voice and your desires are saying, I want to go, 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 and you are go, go, going, and it's not falling apart for you, because there's nothing holding you back. There's no law that says when retrogrades are happening, you can't, you know, it's, it's really when retrogrades are happening, look closely at this. If it's not working for you, slow down because, you know, you're not going to force your way through that energy. So really the key, uh, you know, in terms of suggestion for me is just to really, number one, listen to your own body, listen to your own inner voice, listen to your energy. What does your body want from you? What does your, you know, your mind and your energy and your heart and your spirit want from you? Listen to that voice. Does it want to slow down? Does it want to resolve the conflict that you're having? Or does it want to fight the good fight? Does it want to have the conflict? Does it want to resolve something? Or does it want to end the conflict? Whether that means, you know, ending the relationship or, you know, building better habits or really, you know, it's, it's really a, going to be about listening to that inner voice. What do I want? What is my desire for this conflict? Do I want to fight the conflict or do I want to avoid the conflict or do I want to approach the conflict differently and really assessing what that desire is and then acting upon it in a way that you feel moved to do so. If you end up doing that and you're hitting walls, bring it back reassess you know so if you so i guess if um somebody's coming into a conflict like say for example like somebody's really coming into conflict in their relationship right now um and you know this retrograde is really a time to assess or reassess the importance of this relationship is this a relationship i want to continue if it is is this a conflict that comes up over and over again? Likely it is because that's what retrogrades do. They throw problems at you that you have over and over. And so, you know, is this a conflict that's coming up over and over again? What can I do differently this time that I haven't done before? Really taking that time to reflect on that conflict and saying, okay, do I want to do something differently? Do I want to change this pattern? And then thinking about how and reflecting on how that might be possible um and then taking different actions than you would normally take to try to resolve that conflict or um you know to 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 duke it out <laughs> you know 
really just going with what you are desiring in that moment and really following that energy because your energy knows. It knows. Uh, your energetic blueprint knows what you need. It's often our minds, our conscious minds, that tell us we should be doing this, we should be doing that. We we need to, we have to, um, you know, and, and our bodies are like following suit <laughs> with what society and our minds are telling us, but that inner voice is gonna lead you to the promised land. So, um, you know, following that drive, even if it's not something you would typically want, for example, like I said, for me, I'm a go, go, go person, but right now my inner voice has told me over and over again, like, slow down. Like, you're not making any headway right now. Like, chill out. Wait until that Sagittarius season kicks in because that's your time, you know? And and so that just happened yesterday. So now I'm feeling my energy has went like up because I have a lot of Sagittarius placements in my chart. I have a lot of Jupiter placements in my chart. And so I'm 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 moving. I've shifted now because the energies of Sagittarius season are in play and that has pulled me kind of out of that Scorpio depth and into a place where I can be more active and I can kind of attack those conflicts head on. But prior to this, I was not making any headway. I was hitting I was jackhammering basically a, a stone made of metal because it was not in my blueprint to thrive in that moment in terms of like getting ahead. I was very much in a void space, very much in a liminal space of like floating in limbo and kind of just waiting for something to give. Um, and that shift in zodiacal energy really was that oomph that I needed. That doesn't mean everybody else in society is gonna need that um, in the collective, but uh, you know, that's kind of why we've had that space. And to anybody having those conflicts right now, anybody experiencing that space of like, I normally am like wanting to go, go, go right now, but for some reason I keep hitting a wall. I'm feeling very like not inspired. I'm feeling very conflicted over different things. Um, I'm running into conflict. I would suggest just like take a step back, really listen here and see what your body, your physical body, your mental uh, capacity, your your spiritual self, your heart, your, your energy is really craving from you right now and really just follow that. Um, and, and just keep a close eye on conflicts that are coming up. Um, so it would be and your emotional of, So a big part of all of that, like feeling all of that is, potentially because of this Mars retrograde. When does that end? Ha, uh, I believe January. I have to check for the exact date. I was hoping like, you were going to say I'm next astrology. week. Not like three oh, months from uh, now. <laughs> uh, no, it does not. Um, so it continues until the 12th of January. I knew it was in January. I just couldn't remember the date off the top of my head. Um, but it's the 12th of January. Uh, that that ends. Um, so good news is that that only happens once every two years. So, <laughs> well, so because you know, you're but, saying now we've moved into Sagittarius energy while still in the Mars retrograde, right. that things might be a bit easier now while in Sagittarius kind of hmm, 
opening up a bit more kind of, I don't want to say yeah, opportunities, Sag clearance to that muddy water. Yeah. Well, Sagittarius is connected to the planet Jupiter and Jupiter carries this energetic blueprint of luck and prosperity and abundance and uh, joy. And so it's got a really uplifting profile. Um, and Sagittarius in and of itself is very adventurous. It's very, um, you know, the, the Sagittarian energy is very, uh, it, it's very masculine energy, uh, very solar energy. It's, it's connected to the solar plexus, uh, to the fire element. And so there's a lot of passion brewing here. There's a lot of like willpower and ambition brewing here. Would you if say, you hope, have a lot of, would you attach hope and optimism? Like, yeah, like for sure. I can see through the muddy water now. I have like hope yep. and optimism for the future, even though yep. Mars is still being a pain. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because also in that solar plexus energy, you've got that, that hope, that optimism is a really good keyword possibility. And, um, you know, really being able to, uh, you know, your solar plexus also connects to your throat chakra. It's, it's, uh, it's a partnership. And so, you know, really being able to express hope, express positive outlook, both internally and externally becomes a big deal. And so, um, you know, you're kind of more able to articulate where those possibilities can be um, to yourself internally as well, to be able to see those, to be able to, to articulate those. But also, um, you know, with this energy, like I said, if you have a lot of Sagittarian place, if you have Sagittarian placements in your chart, it's going to pull you along a little faster. If you have Jupiter placements, it'll pull you along even faster. You know, it'll, it will support you. Um, but even if you don't, um, just the general energy surrounding this time of the year is one of, you know, it's of light coming out of darkness, Scorpio's very much a shadowy, depth, emotional oriented sign. And so we're coming out of that into a more like bright and hopeful kind of like, let's look at the possibilities right before we go into this winter solstice period where we're going to be entering that dark part of the year, you know? And so it's like, we get this injection of hope right before all the lights go out, right? And so at least for us in the Northern hemisphere. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're getting that injection of optimism. And so that's going to pull us all the way through, um, you know, to the winter solstice on the 21st. And that's the longest, darkest night of the year. Um, and so that's going to pull us through that. And then January 12th, Mars will come out of retrograde and we'll go back into its normal, uh, normal visual orbit and um so next year should be a bit easier time. for a lot of us <laughs> hopefully yes um you know we have a couple of retrogrades coming up though and next year so things to things to but think is, about would but you say sorry would you oh, say sorry, Mars is is the most probably the most rockiest retrograde to go through um I think they all have their rockiness <laughs> um they're they're definitely the, the purpose, like the really at the end of the day, retrogrades are an opportunity for us to take a closer look at things um, that might be tripping us up. These are really actually really good opportunities for us to make really big, uh, remove obstacles that have been in our way, 
to make really big transformations in how we've always been doing things and to really get an opportunity to like microscopically look at the things that have been challenging us. And so, um, you know, I like to look at retrogrades as an opportunity to see where our growth points are and where um, things might have been tripping us up before and kind of resolve those. Um, and so it's, Mars is probably one of the more challenging. Um, they all have their own challenges. Um, and also, again, depending on your placements, your personal placements, one could be more challenging than the other. Um, but but Mars does tend to have uh, pretty significant challenges. I do tend to see, especially because it's such a fiery energy, and like Mars is like the planet that will just fight just to fight, you know? And so, um, you know, it has that Aries energy. So it's going to fight just to fight. It's a very feisty planet. And so, you know, Mars retrograde does tend to be more challenging for a lot of folks. So if somebody wanted to find out, so we're going to wrap up now, but if somebody wanted to find out where like their Mars placement or their Sagittarius placement on their blueprint was with you, how would they go about arranging like an appointment or whatever to, to look at that? Because now I'm interested to know where my Mars placement is, because it's been a rocky few months for me. And now that you said Mars... I, I really think that's why because there's no real other reason why like everything right, else is right. really good I'm like why am I complaining life is good but I still am complaining <laughs> yeah so um so anyone can access their um their chart uh you can do a full natal chart for free I like to use astro charts um I personally like to use astrocharts.com. I believe it's astrocharts. Let me just check. Um, let me just make sure that's the address because I don't want to give the wrong. The school of human potential, is that it? Let's see. Um, astro-charts.com. So it's H-T-T-P-S um, colon backslash backslash astro charts.com. That's not mine, but that is, that's not anything for me personally, but you can access a free chart there. Um, that's my favorite to use personally, other than my personal software. Um, okay. And so, um, because I do, I do something called dual astrology. So I both at your human aspects and your spiritual aspects, they're two different charts. Um, and so I combine those, but um, to do a basic, um, chart you can go to that astrocharts.com and um and i can actually just put it in the chat too if you haven't found it yet but i'll put the link in the chat um so that you can see it for yourself and you can share it with others if you want yeah I'll um put in the details once everything's up and then um so i utilize that it's a free resource people can go in they can put their aspects in now in order to get your natal chart you do need your um your full birth date you will need your exact birth time so that's the um, birth chart one is it the birth chart option? yep okay yeah let me see um uh, i'm not looking at it right now but let me open it up well, real i have it open just... there's three options there's a birth chart a synastry chart and a composite chart Yep, you're going to use your birth chart. So you can just scroll down to the bottom and fill in your details, like my name is, I was born in, blah, blah, blah. And you will need your exact time of birth to do your natal chart. 
Um, you will also need the location of your birth. So wherever the hospital was, or if you were home, if you had a home birth or whatever, wherever that was, you'll need to know that because latitude, longitude matters um, to calculate your So your birth cert will have all of that on it, including the time. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, you can also ask your parents if they're still living. Um, and, you know, uh, you can look at your birth, like you said, your birth certificate would have all of that information. Um, also, make sure that when you're putting in your birth time, you're using a 24 hour, um, you're using the 24 hour clock. So like if you were born in the morning, like I was born at 5 a.m., so I would put five. But if you were born at like 5 p.m., then you would put 13. No, I'm sorry. 17. That's not correct. 17. Thank yeah. you. Um, my brain just went wackadoo. Um, so, so anyway, you would basically do that. And so um, ultimately, you'll, you can get your full chart like that. Um, when you go into the chart, there's also, um, a place where you can, um, you can go into like the settings and I always like to go into, um, asteroids and aspects and click Lilith, uh, because that's one of the things, um, that's one of the things that I always utilize in my chart is your Lilith aspect. Um, but you can go ahead and like anybody can get in there for free and get their chart. And then you will be aware of like where your placements are. Now, if you wanted to research all over the internet, um, you could find all kinds of things. It's a plethora of information. You can learn all about your placements. You could type in Mars in this sign, in this house, blah, 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 to this degree. And you could literally research all of your chart that way on Google. Um, but if you wanted to talk to me or, um, or anybody else and, and get a personalized reading um, of your chart and learn more about what exactly that means in layman's terms and, um, you know, talk energies and you'd like to do that, I'd be more than happy to look at your chart. Um, and I also do, um, so I do VP sessions for that. Um, what I would do is I would do your chart and then we would schedule a time um, to meet, uh, via zoom. And I would talk with you for, um, three hours. Uh, it would be a three hour session where we would go nitty gritty into your that chart. Quite a um, time. Yes. It's, 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 you know, I could, I could do less, but you wouldn't get much out of it because there's not, you know, it's, it's, it's a deep thing. Now I do do sometimes two hour sessions. Um, but part of what I do is unique energy profiling. And so when I do your chart, you're also getting a unique energy profile reading called a source signature reading. That's my own personal proprietary thing that I do um, is where I actually read your core energy. So this looks at your chakra system and it kind of looks at where your primary energy sits. And, you know, every person has a primary core energy related to a specific chakra, a master chakra, if you will. And so I personally am a yellow uh, core frequency. And so knowing your core frequency is important too, along with your chart, because the way that each of your aspects presents is going to be different based on your core energy. So like somebody that was a red core energy is not going to present as a Capricorn the same way that is a yellow Capricorn. Um, how, and how so can, that, that helps. Uh, I was going to say, how can 
someone book that way? Where can we go to book in one of those sessions? So I have a Calendly link. I will send it over to you and you can, um, you can go ahead and like pop it wherever you need to pop it. Um, if people want to learn more, I do have a free community on Telegram where I talk about all this kind of stuff and we do tarot readings and all that kind of stuff. Um, I do, I talk astrology and what's going on in the ether. Um, and then I also have a membership community where we get a little deeper. I do personalized teachings and, uh, chart readings and things like that in there. But if you want to work out with me one-on-one, you would schedule through my Calendly, which I'll send okay. you. And then you can um, can send that out to your people. Um, I'll also give you the links for my Telegram communities, my membership, if people are interested. And um, I can also send over, I, I do have in my Telegram community, you will find um, links to my services menu as well. And so if you're a member of the free community, then you will have access to my entire catalog of services and the the prices are right there. I don't hide my prices. So um, I'm not a person who's going to be like, oh, get on a call with me and then I'll tell you how much you have to pay. I'm very upfront with my prices. Right now I'm doing a Black Friday sale until um, the 26th. And so um, that's 50% off any service I offer. And so just to let your people know, um, my VIP sessions comes with, like I said, a free uh, chart reading. It comes with a blueprint of your core energy, uh, which is done with a professional assessment. And then I'll also spend uh, one hour speaking with you directly about your core energy and what that means. And then the two hours after that, speaking about your chart and helping you like kind of get to know those core energies. Um, and that VIP package is 444 and right now it's 50% off for 222. So, and also I will add your, your Instagram page is actually awesome. Like it's really eye appealing and for for anyone that just wants like the short paragraphs and just, just tell me. I really like your Instagram page so I would recommend people go there and I've seen you have some videos and audio clips and stuff there so for sure the Instagram page what is that again GG it's XOGG Amato yeah that your page is really good you hadn't mentioned it but it actually is really thank you okay well I'll put all the links down we've been speaking for almost two hours oh my gosh Um, oh I do also with my IG page my Instagram page I have a link tree in there in my bio that has all of my major links in there too so they can also um they can also book that way I only have a link to book like a single session on there but if um if they want to just book the single session, then I can hop on and talk to them and like we can figure out what will work best for them. Yeah. Um, then that's good too. And I always love DMs. So yeah. anybody can DM me and ask any questions they have. <laughs> I've got balloons. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll I'll put everything down and I'm definitely considering getting my own done because now like I've always known energies influence me a lot. So now I'd like to know a bit more, especially going into the new year. I'd rather set myself up <laughs> understanding myself more. Okay. So for those that want to understand themselves more, I think this is good. I think this is a key aspect that's underlooked. But thank you yeah. for your time. We it was really interesting. That's why I, we went on for so long, especially the yeah. 
retrograde and just how the energies influence women because that's going to obviously remind us the next time we're not sleeping well for a week why yeah or why we're extra agitated around the fall yeah i mean it can affect your it can even affect your appetite your sleep schedule like any of your physiest any of your physical assets are going to be affected um you know we're human and divine right and so anything minutes okay anything that affects us on the ethereal level is going to affect us on the, on the physical level because we are both um you know we are both human and spiritual somebody's getting antsy um and so yeah so definitely um definitely energies can play anything oh my goodness mama life right yeah this was great i'm going to once i edit everything we'll upload it and we'll share all the links and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people reaching out to you because again i think this is an area that we're not paying enough attention to and it's going to influence success in every aspect of our life which is why i'm so intrigued so you'll be hearing from me soon and i ask a lot of questions so be be prepared to get i love it Okay, well, thank you for your time today. It was really, thank really you so much. Um, um, we'll be in touch. Maybe we'll do a follow up in the new year for the next retrograde or something. Awesome, sounds perfect. Okay, bye. Thanks, Gigi.